I'm here today with Mark Brenner. His company is called Saddleback Energy. It's a renewable energy and energy efficiency consulting firm. And Mark, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. Glad to be here. So we were just talking about a pivotal moment in your life that kind of landed you where you are today. Can you share that with us? Yeah, I had moved down from Canada 27 years ago from love and had joined a firm directly in Los Angeles to trade physical volumes as well as financial futures of natural gas. And during that time, I, I felt that the commute was pretty long. It was for me just in the morning, even at 4.30 in the morning, it was an hour and 15 minutes. And then in the afternoon coming home, it was two hours plus. So after about a year and a half of that, it, it was time to make a change. And because I was in the oil and gas industry, I've looked for other opportunities within that. And everything seemed to kept, keep taking me to places like Houston and Dallas and Denver and Salt Lake City, places where natural gas, oil was being physically traded, marketed, et cetera. And I really didn't want to move. I just moved down to California. So the big leap was with the support of my wife, I decided to start my own natural gas brokerage company. And that was a huge leap of faith because you never know what's going to happen. But it's like, are people going to want to do business with me? Are they, are they interested in actually picking up the phone? Will I make a living? All those moments of anxiety, the one experiences when they're starting a business, that's exactly what I was going through. But I had the support of my wife and friends. And so I took that leap of faith. Are you glad you did? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That was, it was the start of, uh, putting me on a trail to where I am today. And that's only because of sort of the way things happen, but more than anything else, it, I had never started out in my business career thinking that I was ever going to become an entrepreneur. And I had had many years of, of corporate experience, but I never had really thought of myself as an entrepreneur. I was more of a, a good foot soldier that kind of was able to work with the upper echelon of, of corporations. But at the same time, I wasn't leading the fight. So suddenly being thrust into that, that so-called battle every day of waking up and, and wondering what was the day was going to bring. It was thrilling. It was exciting. And at the same time, pretty darn scary. But as, was I excited? Yes. Was I happy to have made the decision? Absolutely. Because there's, there's times when you're being an employee, we're being an employee, but has its benefit, but it's easy for someone to become complacent. And when you're working for yourself or you're working with a group of people and you're responsible for their livelihood, you cannot afford to be complacent. You can't get into a rut. You have to always be pushing for the next big thing. Did you find that was a big mentality shift for you? A bit, but not a lot because my personality is to always kind of keep pushing forward. So I've never been one to kind of lay back on my laurel, so to speak, and just kind of accept the way things are. I, I've always questioned or always pushed. So for me, it was really not a big leap to, to kind of go the extra step in running my own business, but you learn on the fly. That was really the hardest part is you, you make mistakes. 
because you don't know what best to do, whether it's from the accounting point of view, whether it's from an employee point of view, dealing with insurance company. I mean, all those I mean, area and facts, but you learn, you make enough mistakes and hopefully not too many. And, and then you, you're able to parlay that into something better the next time around. And it also comes with an additional level of risk. So how were you able to kind of manage that part of it? Well, risk is part of being an entrepreneur. You live in a world of feast or famine. You can have a great day, a great month, a great six months, a great year. And then the next year it can all disappear. You never know. You cannot plan for the what if. You can only plan based on here's what my game plan is. Here's what the market is telling me. And I plan accordingly. And, but you have to have a B plan, the C plan. You have to be able to fall back to something else. If the A plan isn't working, if you don't do that, then there's that expression. Yeah, if you fail to plan, plan to fail. So you have to be prepared. And if you aren't prepared, then expect what's going to happen to you is not going to be very pleasant. Do you create the master plans or like one year, three year type setups? I always do. I'm always looking forward. As I said, I'm, I'm looking at where I am, what I want to accomplish. I always set goals myself, whether it's goals for five months or six months or a year, and as well as for two, three, and five years. I think that with the changes in the market, but especially in my field of renewable energy and energy efficiency, technology is changing so quickly that it, it, you can only sort of plan your business how you want it to operate, but it's all dictated by what client is going to call you the next day or prospective client is going to call that day or the next day. What job is going to suddenly blow up in, the, in, in a firestorm because of something that hasn't happened the way it should happen? And really, technology, as I said, because of the changes with the Internet of Things and with AI, what was even in like the solar world, what was typically a seven to 10 year payback for residential rooftop solar is now four to five years. And that's only because of cost, technology advancements, et cetera. So that's happening. It's sort of like, I hate to use the expression planned obsolescence, like you would see like in color TVs, where what was once a 35 inch or a 40 or 44 inch TV, you can now get the same, you can, for the same amount of money, you can now get a 55 inch TV or bigger. It's kind of that way with solar. It's going to become that way with electric vehicles. It's, it's, it's certainly moving in that direction. So changes happen all the time and people, we might recognize it, but they don't necessarily, but they aren't necessarily affected by it. Me, I'm affected by it because it dictates how, how I propose solutions to clients. Because sometimes I'll, I'll get connected with a different vendor, a different provider of services where I can provide something to a prospective client as a solution for energy savings. And I'm going to save them two years on my payback. I'm going to save them hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's all, it, it it's sort of a catch as catch can right now. It's like, no, buckle up because you never know what's going to happen. You just have to be kind of as prepared as possible. So with these rapid changes in technology, how are you prepared? How do you adapt to all of it? Well. I read on, and without sounding pompous, I read a number of, of newspapers every day. When I wake up in the morning, I wake up early and I read three newspapers a day. I read three trade journals and I go through mark networking opportunities, like through LinkedIn. And I look at things like 
Facebook and Instagram to see what, what other companies are doing, what they're posting, what clients are doing, or what the prospective clients that I want to get, what they're doing on all of those social media sites. And then that gives me insights on how I want to approach them. And, and so I prepare by trying to be as well informed as possible. Have, has that always been your practice to lifelong learn and, and educate yourself? I, absolutely. As a matter of fact, just last year, I completed a six-month course on sustainability for executives and how that relates to helping companies embrace environmental, social governance, otherwise known as ESG, into their operations, into their corporation, how that benefits from a carbon footprint point of view, reducing that, how it, how it benefits the employees, how it benefits the, 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 give the community. And then especially if they're an organization where they're part of a much bigger cog for a company that is publicly traded, that has, that puts out sustainability reports and is concerned with how they are perceived in the public marketplace and how their stock is traded because they are or are not sensitive what's going on with climate change and everything else, those kinds of vendor companies that I typically work with, it's important for them to have a better understanding of how ESG can fit in their model and how that will make them more profitable and make them more desirable for companies that are public traded. It makes a lot of sense. You have to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. I mean, where I am today, we, we jumped a whole bunch and I went from being in the oil and gas industry and running my own natural gas brokerage company. And, and, and then in 2007, I felt there was writing on the wall without laboring the situation. I just felt it was time to sell my, my, my side of the business to my partners. So now I had partners and employees and taking time off to get re-educated and understanding about where I wanted to go next. And, and so I did pick renewable energy. I felt that's one of the things that I learned from my father was do what you know. So for me, I'd always been in the energy industry. So trying to go and do something else, it would probably have been easy to do, at least go into a different field, but I really felt most comfortable in, in staying in energy. So the question was, what am I going to do from an energy point of view? So I felt that I wanted to get into renewable energy, energy sustainability, energy efficiency. And so that was the decision that was made. And that was just a question of understanding what that was all about, getting educated, taking the time to do that. And then that old proverbial expression, hanging out your shingle. I started trying to network with people and companies where I was trying to be part of a, a bigger project. So, and, and sometimes it was successful and sometimes it wasn't, but I mean, but one of my first projects, once I had sort of jumped into it, which is, this goes into the whole business about being entrepreneurial, I connected with a, with a few people and we wound up, I had learned that there was a pipeline in California that had abandoned a part of its, a pipeline company had abandoned part of its pipeline. And that part that it had been abandoned had been very close to a series of dairy farms. And so we went and we spoke to like about 18 different dairy farmers. And they were more than glad to allow us to aggregate the manure that the cows left behind. And that was then gathered and, and then it was put into a digester that broke it down and turned it into natural gas. The gas was then pumped into this, this abandoned piece of pipeline. And then it went back out to market as natural gas. So 
it was a project that took about eight months, but it was, it was biogas, it was biofuel. So off to the races. And then I was able to parlay that into something else. So, you know, yeah, it's, you, you never know what's going to happen. It's just, you know, you never know who you're going to meet the next day, who's going to call you, who you're going to wind up talking to and how that can suddenly change your world. So my advice is stay committed. Always, if you, if you feel strong enough about what you want to do, find a way to make it happen. Don't give it up. Don't give up just because it's hard. Life isn't easy. And there's that old expression. If it isn't, if it isn't hard, it isn't probably worth having. So you got to fight for what you want. And staying in the industry, but redefining yourself is a way to make it fresh again. And yet you don't lose all that experience and background. No, you have to take. With time comes street smart. With time comes connections with people that can help you. So you have to rely upon, you have to be brave enough to be able to say, hey, I need some help. You cannot do this on your own. Why? When I really started feeling like I needed to start my own business and really get on that road, I reached out to a friend who was a really smart person that I trusted and had his own business coaching and had his own coaching business. And I went through that with him for a little bit of time. And that was probably one of the best things I ever did because it gave me insights on how to be able to structure where I am, identify what my strengths and my weaknesses are, what those threats are from other organizations that might be trying to do the same thing that I am. And then through that, understand how to find a way to separate myself from all of that and be a step above by doing something different. So yeah, you have to be able to rely upon others to help you. If you think you can do it on your own, chances are you're going to fall flat on your And that goes right back to your traits, always learning, always wanting to educate and know that I don't have all the answers. Right. And, and then planning for the future. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So Mark, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out to you or Saddleback Energy, how could they do so? Well, there's a couple of different ways. You can reach out to me through my website. There is something on one of the pages at the end that's got a form you can fill out. So the website is saddlebackenergy.net, all one word, saddlebackenergy.net. Also, my email address is marked with a C at saddlebackenergy.net. Also, you can reach me through LinkedIn and you can find me as Marcus in the R-C-U-S, Brenner, B-R-E-N-E-R, on LinkedIn. And you can reach me that way. Those are the prime, those are, those are the primary ways to do it. There's, I have another social media through Facebook, but it's not something I really sort of focus a lot of energy on. It's sort of an afterthought. So I really focus more on LinkedIn and then work that I do through my networking group, but more importantly, through my website and, and, and working with clients. So those are the best ways to contact. Oh, and my phone number. Let me give you my phone number. I almost forgot. So if you do want to reach me, you want to have a conversation, more than glad to do that. Manufacturers, distributors, commercial, organized company like buildings, entertainment complexes, casinos, restaurant groups, entertainment centers, hotels. I mean, anything commercial or industrial, my number is 949-633-0299. Well, thank you, Mark, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to subscribe. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time.